Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Lot, the Lady of Tarth on Twitter, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickred on Twitter. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. We are delving into a Clash of Kings. Uh, with Sansa 1. Uh, spoilers for everything, so heads up if you're a first-time listener. Um, so it's Joffrey's birthday. <laughs> Sansa is um, debating, you know, uh, well, okay, it's Joffrey's birthday, but the chapter does open with Sansa debating kind of the, the comet that's hanging in the air, just like everybody else. Everyone has theories about what this thing means so sir eris um he is there to escort her to the tournament that is happening in celebration of joffrey's birthday and um she and he talk a bit about it and you know she says that the small folk have been calling it the dragon's tail and he's saying well you know it's you know just a sign of joffrey and his ascent to the throne and um they he mentions something about like house lannister and it's just like there's so much of this throughout this chapter where it just seems like everybody is just on board with Joffrey's a Lannister. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Baratheon supposed half just gets shunted to the side. It's like, wow, <laughs> like they're not even trying, you know, it's just, that's how powerful or how seemingly they believe their power is that they don't even have to pretend at this point. <laughs> and everyone's on board with it. Which is funny because Joffrey doesn't even know it's true. Joffrey thinks that Robert was his dad, and yet yeah. he still completely embraces pretty much being a Lannister. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's pretty short-sighted. I mean, like... <laughs> it's sort of like he, he kind of was trying before because Robert was alive, and now Robert's dead, so he's moving on, and, you know, he's like, okay, whatever, fine. I couldn't help but think, too, like, to me, maybe, did you think, because it's never really revealed why this comet is used, like, or, like, what does it actually really mean? Could it be, like, maybe George is just trying to say, like, we all have our plots and schemes. We all, you know, get caught up in the minutia of our lives and what we think matters. But in the end, a fucking space rock could just crash into the earth and end us all. <laughs> I think I might have thought about this um, too much. I think you're supposed to infer that this has something to do with Danny hatching the dragons. But, the dragons. Um, George loves to do this because, you know, it's it's kind of always been, um, and, you know, maybe a little bit ahistorical, uh, you know, uh, the last 100, 150 years, people kind of like mocked people from the Middle Ages for their misunderstanding of, of celestial signs like comets and things like that. So you kind of get the sense Maybe George is, is playing with that. This could be something completely unrelated to anything, and yet everyone who sees it is kind of um, 
reading into it things that make sense with their own view of the world or their goals or or their religion or whatever. Um, but I, at the same time, and George loves to do this, he does it with his magic too, where it's like, on one hand, you could maybe write it off as just superstition, but then on the other hand, there's a little bit of something to it. So I think I think that probably the comet is something to do with the dragons hatching. But you know, who knows? George George loves to to have have his have his cake and eat it too with this stuff. Mm. I love to think it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. I love I would, that <laughs> In the way that I would prefer that these books have no ma- no actual magic, I would prefer that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, of note, uh, Sansa has selected a long sleeve gown for this occasion, and she's doing so to hide the bruises that has been inflicted upon her by Boris Blunt in this case, and he hit her by order of Joffrey. And she, you know, thinks of how all of them, all the knights um, wearing the white cloak, have hit her um, by Joffrey's order. And even Sir Eris, who, you know, you know, he gets a slight little pass, slight, very slight, because he kind of objected to it, but then he did hit her. This is just such a and, good casual way to show the kind of terror that she's living under, yeah. because she considers Sir Eris to be safe because he at least objected before he hit her. Oh, I mean, that's where she's at. That's 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 who she considers, you know, someone relatively safe, and it's just heartbreaking and terrible. Yeah. This tiny little kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the strength of Sansa is, it cannot be understated, like, yeah. overstated. No. Like, she is amazing. Um, even, like, as you get further into this chapter, like, she's she has to restrain herself so much. And not only restrain herself, but play a part to not inflame Joffrey's rage, but, like, how can you do that knowing this is the person that murdered your father in front of you? Well, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because oftentimes we, we record our chapters out of order, but we actually have just come from Arya's first chapter of A class of Clash of Kings into this one, and, and they're one right after the other in the book. And we see Arya, who is is having trouble keeping a disguise going that is a pretty easy disguise for her to fall into. And, and you know, where as far as she knows, there aren't high, high, super, super high stakes that she keep the secret. And then you have Sansa, who has got to play this part. And she is quite literally in the lion's den as she does it. And it is it is really a contrast. And we talk about this a lot about how neither of the Stark mm-hmm. sisters probably could have survived the other's yeah. ordeal. And this is yeah. this is the evidence of that yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. The, only, the other thing she notes is that the hound has never hit her. Um, but then again, he's never been ordered to. So I kind of, that made me pause a little bit because I was thinking like, what if, like, why is that? Why has Joffrey never ordered the hound to? Is that because he knows the hound would probably say no? And then that would force Joffrey to confront the hound in a way he mm. might not want to, and he might lose his dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, you can see that, that Joffrey and Sander still have their dynamic. You know, Sander has very much been with Joffrey for years and years at this point, and um, he's used to ordering Joffrey around with with certain things and you can see that Joffrey is still in the habit of kind of listening to Sander. Sander is somewhat clever in that he 
doesn't push this. He he doesn't he you know he really doesn't push what his relationship is with Joffrey, so he never makes Joffrey have to rethink it. Um, although you see him just skirt around the edge of that, you know, a little later in the chapter. But um, Sander Sander actually is 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 pretty clever in handling Joffrey, and it's interesting considering what you know of Sander's personality that he can put up with Joffrey as well as he does. Well, keep in mind he lived with his own abuser, you know. Very true. And and now and now point. can hardly stand to be within a mile of him. So it is <laughs> still Well and I mean and as awful and as horrible as the mountain is, he's not like the king, you know. But yeah, I mean true. I think yeah. maybe there's a little bit of that sort of skill set you may unfortunately yes. pick up from dealing with those kinds of psychopaths. Yes. Yes. Uh it's interesting and at the same time you're watching Sansa develop those skills. Mm-hmm. Uh... And one other thing, speaking of her just, you know, flailing for allies anywhere, it's interesting how she prefers when Cersei's present because Cersei at least keeps Joffrey from totally terrorizing her. Which, you know, how sad that, you know, Cersei oh. is a safe space. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's just like, makes me shudder. <laughs> Say, um, so the tournament is much smaller than the one that was held for Ned. Um too many there's just too many men at war at this point so uh we learned cersei won't be attending as she's at a small council meeting and the gossiping sir eris tells sansa that cersei is furious <laughs> um, because tywin has hunkered down in harrenhal instead of coming to king's landing as she had requested i just love that eris is a gossip <laughs> <laughs> So um, when Sansa gets to the gallery where the tournament is happening, um, she sees the Hound, Marcella, Tommen, and Joffrey. And there's this cute moment with Tommen, and he's, like, really excited because, you know, he's telling Sansa that he gets to participate. And um, Joffrey compliments Sansa's appearance and then tells her about Viserys' death and... Joffrey tells Sansa that, you know, it's, you know, it's a good thing he's dead. Cause, or sorry, he tells Sansa that he intends to challenge Rob to a uh, single combat. And Sansa asks Joffrey, well, let's just pause there for a moment because it's like, it's like a moment again where we see Sansa having to do this like thing. Like, yeah, I wish that you could do that. <laughs> she is like basically saying, yeah, I'd love to see my brother kill you. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love how you see the little the little moments where people are kind of getting their little digs in on Joffrey where they can. Like when when Joffrey when Joffrey says he could beat everyone at the tournament and and he he asks Sander if Sander agrees and Sander's like, well, against these guys, sure. You know, I mean, like just like fantastic <laughs> digs. And so Sansa oh. takes her own, which you kind of have to love. <laughs> And, uh, oh, Sarah Sansa does ask Joffrey if he is going to be competing. And, um, I guess Cersei has told him that it would not be fitting because, you know, it's in his honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the, where he gets his quip and where he's like, yeah, it's too bad because I totally would be champion. And the hound is like, yeah, sure. Why not? So we have the trumpets blare and uh, Joffrey grabs Sansa's hand and she is just filled with revulsion at his touch, but she keeps still. Um, the jousting commences um, and we have Moros, uh, the son of Jono Slint. Um, 
he's jousting, but you, everyone's kind of taking note that he's kind of up jumped and he's is not really his game. Um, he does fall from his horse and, you know, Sansa before this moment is thinking like, I hope he gets killed. You know, she just, because, because Jonas Slint was the one that like held up her father's head. Right. So she's yeah. having quite murderous thoughts and the dude does fall from his horse. His leg gets stuck in the stirrup and his head just bounces off the ground. Um, he lives, but Sansa has a moment of like, Oh God, did I do that? <laughs> Uh, see, Joffrey's mood is turning with the poor performances of the participants and uh, Sansa can see that his mood is going dark and she's just kind of bracing and resolving that. I'm not going to say anything. I am not going to freak him out and get him in a rage. Um, and then we have a drunk Dantos Hollard. Um, he comes out buck ass naked <laughs> from the waist down. He's unable to mount his horse. Uh, he gives it like a half-assed attempt and then he just sits down in the dirt and proclaims, eh, I give up. Well, Fetch me some wine. Pants. Swinging and I was just like, I totally forgot all of this. I like to think he was maybe having a bit of, maybe he was taking a leak. Maybe he was having some fun. <laughs> and then they called his name. He's like, oh, oh shit, I gotta go. God. You know? Like, that's... <laughs> Anyway, Joffrey's like, yeah, bring me a cask. I'm going to drown him in it. (laughs) And, you know, Sansa immediately is like, no, you can't. Like, she just can't help herself. And um, Joffrey is not pleased with this. So I just, I selected the passage. Sansa could not believe she had spoken. Was she mad to tell him no in front of the half the court? She hadn't meant to say anything, only Sir Dantos was drunk and silly and useless, but he meant no harm. Did you say I can't? Did you? Please, Sansa said. I only meant it would be ill luck, your grace, to kill a man on your name day. You're lying, Joffrey said. I ought to drown you with him if you care for him so much. I don't care for him, your grace. The words tumbled out desperately. Drown him or have his head off. Only kill him on the morrow if you like. But please, not today. Not on your name day. I couldn't bear for you to have ill luck. Terrible luck. Even for kings, the singers all say so. Joffrey scowled. He knew she was lying. She could see it. He would make her bleed for this. The girl speaks truly, the hound rasp. What a man sows on his name day he reaps throughout the year. His voice was flat, as if he did not care a whit whether the king believed him or not. No. Could it be true? Sansa had not known. It was just something she said desperate to avoid punishment. Unhappy, Joffrey shifted in his seat and flicked his fingers at Sir Dantos. Take him away. I'll have him killed on the morrow, the fool. He is, Sansa said, a fool. You're so clever to see it. He's better fitted to be a fool than a knight, isn't he? You ought to dress him in motley and make him a clown for you. He doesn't deserve the mercy of a quick death. The king studied her a moment. Perhaps you're not so stupid as mother says. He raised his voice. Did you hear, my lady Dantos? From this day on, you're my new fool. You can sleep with moon boy and dress in motley. Sir Dantos, sobered by his near brush with death, crawled to his knees. Thank you, Your Grace. And you, my lady, thank you. God. So so much there. Like, that Joffrey's yeah. such a little sadist that he's like, ooh, that would be better torture. Let's do that. Like, oh, God. I kind of feel they could have, George could have started an urban legend with this, that suddenly throughout the books we hear about how it's it's now bad luck to do, like, kill someone yeah. on your name day. <laughs> 
But like they, yeah. They, yeah, we have where we like that Cersei thinks she's stupid. I mean, that's just you know. Yeah. Ouch. I mean, she kind of knew. I mean, Sansa kind of knew the queen was yeah. awful. But then to like hear it like so off, and he's so offhanded and flippant. He doesn't even think like how this would make her feel. Obviously, he would not care. Right. Right. Well, and so we get this little moment from Sander where he 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 you know backs up Sansa's lie, and mm-hmm. you know because Joffrey like like the Eye of Sauron from Joffrey was turning onto Sansa, and like they oh, kind of gosh. deflected it off with this. And with Dantos too, you wonder like, what did he really think? in this moment with Sansa offering this as, you know, did he, did he see it as salvation or is he pissed off at her afterwards for this further humiliation? I mean, I think he's doing a great job of humiliating himself. So I think he does view this as (laughs) as probably salvation. He's probably still, as as much as he may have quote unquote sobered up, he's probably still pretty drunk at this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it's just me. We don't makes me wonder. Is like, he like? I mean, is he any kind of a? It sounds like he's kind of. This is a habitual state with him, maybe. So I don't know if he's like. I don't remember what we learned. Is he like a once proud knight who's like has one bad night out with the boys and is now going to be a fool for the rest of his life, or is he kind of a drunkard most of the time? No. I think he's kind of a drunkard yeah. most of the time. Like his his family history, his family story was really quite sad, right? Like, oh. yeah. I I think I think we see that he's probably an alcoholic. Yes. Hmm. So let's see. Anyway, Joffrey's yeah, he's not digging this party anymore. So he calls in early end, and you know reiterates what the Hound says and calls them all gnats, not knights. And Tolman is upset because, you know, he was looking forward to getting up there and riding <laughs> against the straw man. And Marcella backs him up. And, you know, even the hound, he's kind of backs him up. And Joffrey, you know, just like gives in. Fine, fine, fine. Well, you know what's interesting so Sans- about this hmm. is that Tolman is so insistent that he gets to joust because Cersei promised him that he could. Yeah. Um, and this is an interesting contrast to what we see uh, later on in A Feast for Crows, where... Cersei refuses to let Tom and yeah. just because it's too dangerous. <laughs> so yeah. Tom well, is at this point, point expendable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and later on he's hmm. not. <laughs> so oh. I think it also speaks a lot to his character that he's mm. like, he's willing to do it again or he wants to do it in the first place. And when he doesn't succeed the first time, he wants to go again. I mean, and I also love that, like, Marcella sticks up for her brother and yeah. is kind of yeah. pushing the matter. And, I mean, they're decent kids. Yeah, they are. Well, and, you know, Tommen loves jousting. He loves watching it. He loves doing this stuff. And, um, I don't know, you kind of get the impression he's probably a little bit Jamie-esque in this. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, he gets to, you know, he gets to do what he's been looking forward to probably for like a week. <laughs> uh, he gets up on his horse and he goes against the straw man, which um, 
he he whacks and the thing like twirls around and knocks him on the back of the head and knocks him down although i just want to point out before i get to that part of note this this straw man that they've propped up is wearing antlers Mm -hmm. and before toman charges in he also shouts casterly rock (laughs) this is this is not helping you guys (laughs) they need better pr in king's landing yeah this is bad pr maybe some will arrive at the end of the chapter (laughs) (laughs) maybe so anyway yeah he gets knocked down to the ground and joffrey laughs of course the loudest and the hardest and the longest and um marcella runs out um to tend to her little brother and then we see um Sansa trying to encourage Joffrey like you should go out there too and tell him that he rode well and Joffrey is like but he didn't (laughs) Uh, so Toman is getting up and his comma had mentioned you have you know that he's he's ready to go again like he's got courage the hound remarks um Sansa wishes Toman was the elder she thinks you know he wouldn't be so bad to marry um, and then unexpectedly, the gates open and the good PR arrives. Tyrion gets there with his assortment of men. Um, some Sansa think are like monsters out of old Nan's stories. It's a ragtag crew that Tyrion's with. Um, Tommen and Marcella, like, they, this is such a cute moment. They like rush out to greet their uncle and he like spins them around and, you know, it's very like, it's a nice, warm family greeting. And then, like, when it gets to Joffrey, he's just like, you. Tyrion's like, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tyrion turns to Sansa and, you know, he says the one thing nobody said to her, and that's, I'm sorry for the loss of your father. And it just kind of stuns Sansa. Like, she's not really prepared for someone to say that to her face. And she's trying to see, like, is he mocking me? Um and then Tyrion, this part cracked me up. Tyrion turns to Joffrey and also says, I'm also sorry for your loss. And Joffrey's like, huh? What loss? So this is just like what happens with Jamie in A Feast for Crows when Jenna tells him she's sorry for his loss and he thinks she means his hand, but she meant Tywin. This is exactly the same. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> And I had never yeah. noticed this before. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Every time you think George is like, you know, oh, no, that probably wasn't deliberate. You find yeah. some little gem like this that had to be deliberate. <laughs> and you're like, shit. So <laughs> Tyrion is like, asks, you know, where Cersei is. And he's informed that she's with the small council. And... Uh, Joffrey kind of gets some digs in on Jamie, like he's basically blaming him because he keeps losing battles and he throws a dark look at Sansa and, you know, as if it's all her fault and, you know, that Jamie's been captured by the Starks, um, they've lost River Run, and her stupid brother is calling himself King. Yeah, but okay. And then Tyr- Wait just a sec. Hasn't yeah. Jamie only lost one battle, the one that he got captured in? Wasn't that the yeah. only Yeah, one? just the one. I know. I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, we established that Joffrey is not the smartest, you know, knife in the drawer. Goodness, that's particulars. You tell him that. Uh, Anyway, Tyrion adds, 
a lot of people seem to be calling themselves king these days. <laughs> and like Joffrey doesn't quite know what, doesn't really know what to do with that. And uh, he tells Tyrion, I'm glad you're not dead. Did you, did you bring me a present? <laughs> so outrageous. <sighs> but Tyrion responds, my wit. And he says, I'd rather have Rob Stark's head. And then he looks at Sansa <laughs> like a little villain. <laughs> He calls for his siblings and then they leave and uh, Sandor follows as he leaves. He tells Tyrion, you better watch your tongue. And Sansa attempts to make small talk with Tyrion and, you know, he asks her if she is sad about her father. And she responds, my father was a traitor, my brother and mother too. I am loyal to Joffrey. And he says, no doubt as loyal as a deer surrounded by wolves, lions, Sansa adds in a whisper. And, uh... Tyrion gives her, you know, a squeeze um, to her hand, telling her, you know, that he's a little lion and he promises not to savage her. Yeah, we'll and see. And then he, yeah, <laughs> he leaves her to find Cersei in the council. And then she thinks about Tyrion and how he was speaking softly to her. But, you know, so did the queen. He's a Lannister, no friend to her. And um, she thinks about how the Joff, that Joffrey and the queen had repaid her love and trust with her father's head and she would never make that mistake again and that closes us out for this chapter yeah oh god this poor kid yeah yeah just i mean like it's it's funny because like she's in this terrible situation at the same time like (laughs) some of these king's landing chapters are just the funniest that there (laughs) could be in the whole series i mean you know Joffrey's I love him. So I really do. Yeah. yeah, Joffrey's so ridiculous. <laughs> he is like, um, I remember there was, this was years ago, somebody had the um, image of um, Nellie from Little House on the Prairie next to jo- <laughs> Joffrey. Like, and, yes. the, and they look alike. Like, they oh, really wow. do look alike. Oh. But they really are, like, comically, like, so similar. <laughs> Poor Sansa, she's got a long road ahead. This is only the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, do we have any mail for this we one? We do. Um, Buck O'Hare on Discord asks, is this the worst tourney in A Song of Ice and Fire history? <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> it's a pretty sad birthday party. It's pretty lame. It's like the fourth tier like reality TV show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god. Um, and then uh, Octagon on Reddit asks, I've always loved reading the dynamic between Joffrey, Marcella, and Tommen at Joffrey's name day tournament. In some of his later chapters, Jamie has been planning on taking on greater responsibility for the younger two as their father. Do you think Jamie will end up seeing any of his kids again? And if he has to, or if he was to, sorry, um, how would you like to see that play out? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if he will see any of them again. I, I kind of, I'm going to go ahead. I'm leaning towards no. I'm going to go ahead and assume I think that Marcella probably will actually survive in the books, and I realize that's probably not a, a popular position, but I, I'm mm. still holding on to that one. I mean, there's a chance he would, but I, I, I don't see, I don't see how George makes it work out that he work out that he would mm. see Tom again. I, I kind of doubt it. 
I just, I can definitely see a chapter in which Jamie learns of Toman's like death yeah. or Marcella's death, and then we have to read like what he's thinking about that, yeah. and it's gonna break yeah. our hearts a little. Yeah, but I mean, I think if anything is pretty well established, it's that Tyrion is very much the fun uncle, and yeah, yeah. that <laughs> so. Jamie's Jamie's clearly not as involved with these kids. I mean, he's around them constantly, being a Kingsguard and stuff, but um, they don't seem to have the relationship with him that they have with with Tyrion. Um, you you can kind of tell that yeah. Jamie's rusty at even dealing with kids when he kind of is making connections with Tom and in Feast, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Cersei discouraged it because, oh my God, people might, you know, suspect. Even though, I mean, you're twins. So he's probably discouraged and then, you know. Well, and he definitely went along with the discouragement. Right. And I mean, it's got to be like the easier psychological position to take, you know, so. Yeah, I think if he was a true uncle, he would have been an okay one. Maybe not amazingly invested, but like not that standoffish. Yeah. It's so stupid too because like he easily could have been close with them as their yes. uncle. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a it's dumb position. Yeah. We learn so much. Like all of these, this whole family is supposed to all look alike. Like all of these Lannisters are supposed to have all of these very specific features that have survived through, you know, intermarriage and whatnot. They're all supposed to be pretty much <laughs> the family looks alike. They're twins. <laughs> I understand George has this stupid genetic theory, but, you know, I, I mean, I've got relatives who look like me. I mean, you know, it's just what happens. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And it's like, you know, I know everybody's like, oh, you know, Cersei wouldn't let Jamie. It's like, well, Jamie clearly went along with that. Totally agreed with mm-hmm. it. Didn't, didn't fight. Maybe didn't totally agree with it, but didn't fight it. And he could have yeah. because, it's pretty transparently stupid. And I don't know why Cersei did it. I kind of doubt it was to, 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 to discourage anyone making the connection. I kind of think it was more about. Well, it could be control, control and jealousy. Yeah, for like not want, yes. Oddly, for not yeah. wanting them to have their own relationship would be probably more my guess. She wants him all to herself when she does. And she know. wants them all to herself. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm separate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's even hard to believe that it's even a disasso- trying to disassociate them from being Lannisters when she has them yelling Casterly Rock at these tournaments. Like even that doesn't hold water. Well, there's not a lot of logic with a lot of what Cersei does, but yeah, um, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't excuse Jamie, even given the difficult circumstances for being such a hands-off dad. I don't think he has a good excuse. He was quite literally physically there all the time and could have. Probably done a lot more than he did. If anything, too, like I think what I can recall is he hated when she had babies, right? Because then it would take attention away from him. He has a very famous moment where he is jealous of Joffrey for getting to breastfeed. (laughs) So, yeah. Which Which is not a good look. No. That's like ick factor, a thousand gross. Definitely, (laughs) you hear about guys who who do get jealous of especially like their firstborn kids. This is like a, a, a straight man thing that happens sometimes, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good look all around. It's not a good look on Cersei and it's not a good look on Jamie. This is kind of one of the things about Jamie Brienne fandom that bugs me. People kind of gloss over this as though 
he was denied the right to be involved with his kids. And it's like, you have the evidence of Tyrion that that was probably not actually the case. He probably could have been more involved. Yeah. And Jamie's own warped thinking right there on the page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, anything else? Okay. Um, well, thank you for sending that in. We love getting questions. Um, and there's many places you can do that. One of them is our email, uh, close the door and at gmail.com. You can message us uh, anonymously on Tumblr at close the door and come You can also, uh, submit questions on our, um, the subreddit, uh, Jamie Brianne. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at door podcast. Uh, there's a discord channel. There's so many other, there's so many places you can reach us. Um, one of the other places that we encourage you to check out is our Patreon account and uh, consider, you know, maybe supporting this podcast that way. If you can't support us on Patreon, then just give us a like, um, give us a mention, subscribe to, to the podcast wherever you listen. And that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.